Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sipeshidary. Oh my goodness. Are we back? We're back. Are we back? Listen, we don't do... A, during COVID, which is when we started, we did a really, really good job. We had nothing to do. Of, of putting out content every single week. Um, well, Post-COVID, this, yeah. life is just everywhere. So, well, we started off really well. This, well, you, this year sucks bad. Like we, we had just, our eschatology all wrong. It's not pre-trib, post-trib. It's pre-COVID, post-COVID. post-COVID. Um, so are we in the end times? Is this the yes, always we tribulation? So we, we, have, have, we have always been in the end times. If Paul believed he was in the end times, so we have then seven we years. definitely in the end times. We have yeah. seven years in we, the tribulation right now. We don't, we don't now. know that yet. No, no, that's what my Bible said. That's what my... I heard we're stuck in the eschaton- millennium. We're in the millennium right now. Okay. I don't know. We're in the falcon. Is we're this the, the feast? The Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. No, I would just I would say the solution for you for you listeners out there is um, make sure your notifications are on. Right. For our our podcast, however you intake our podcast, turn those notifications on. You'll get our sporadicness. Exactly. You'll get notified when something is posted. Um, we had uh, we've been in the podcast room for an hour. And not record and have accomplished a nothing. single thing. We've only talked about what we're going to do for next, next week's next podcast. Next week's, or next couple podcasts, probably, actually. So maybe, maybe we should give that a little bit of a commercial. Maybe, should, should we, or should we save it till the we'll just We'll, we'll, we'll talk it, about we'll it. Okay, yeah, right. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here soon. But I am really excited about it. Um, nobody else is. No, we are. No, it's not true. It just took a while for us to get it. <laughs> it just took a while for us to, to wrap our head around. We'll talk about it later. Um, so but, but welcome back, all, all of us. Welcome yeah, back. Yeah, it is back it is, from Knoxville. It is good to be back. And and frankly, um, both I'll, of you guys are in Tennessee, right? Yeah, oddly, yeah. we were both in Knoxville. We were in Knoxville. I was in yeah. Sevierville. I was in Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Oh my God, guys, Pigeon Forge. Yeah. So did you did you get over to that? It's pain, Myrtle pain. Beach for hillbillies. Yes, it is. It is. That's okay. what it no, is. But it is fun though. But it is. Well, did well, you, we didn't. Did get... you get over to the pancake house though? That's what I want to know. We're going to flapjacks. Pain... No, oh, no, no, actual... no, no, no. You go into Gatlinburg. Yeah. And go to the the We've pancake house. Phenomenal. Okay, I wish you would have told French me. French toast with sugar, uh, cinnamon, sugar, strawberries, blueberries. Uh, um, syrup banana so we went into Ooh. we went into gatlinburg Ooh, it's good and it was like 20 dollars to park and we only had like three hours and what? so we were like and we had there was three of us adults and there were like seven kids oh that goodness. is true it um, is like it does they charge you to breathe in gatlinburg and so i was like i'm not gonna pay we're not gonna pay 40 bucks because we had two vehicles we're not gonna pay 40 bucks to just walk around for three hours telling our kids no <laughs> that's what we decided so well, we were you, like you would you you could have told them yes. They can get to no. What ta- we would have done is said, "You see taffy that? Candy. I'm going yes to order that on Amazon. It's going to be a lot cheaper." Taffy candy. Yeah. Have a yes. Gatlinburg day. toffee candy. It's got to exist on Amazon. You just order it, and I boom. Don't, I don't think so. And but it costs that. twenty dollars less. Yeah, that's not the no, same that is true, thing. Though. That's nothing. And then you, it, then listen, you missed. You missed. Did you go to the apple the best barn breakfast? Though I mean, uh, I'm telling. Did you go to the apple I, barn? We saw the apple barn. I saw the and the boots with the fur. Was all that apple bottom jeans? Yep. Um. Yeah, so it was good. We got a puppy out of it, so it was great. Yeah, you did. Oh, actually, just roll into my life update. Oh, yeah, there Here we go. go. I'm yeah. just going to roll into my yeah, life yeah, update. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, I went to Gatlinburg last week, uh, hung out with, with some friends. Uh, my friends decided to do something dumb over way, a long period of time. Are they podcast listeners? 
I don't know. Those jerks. Not I really don't friends think so. then, apparently. They listen to cool people podcasts. I don't think they I don't think they listen to us. Um <laughs> they decided not to spay or neuter their dogs. So I'm gonna go full Bob Barker and be like, hey people, spay and neuter your dogs. Please right. help control the pet population. No kidding. Um <laughs> my friends didn't do that. And I'm thankful for that now that, that today. Because they had a, a litter of twelve. Um Ooh. so our dog is a cross mix between a uh, bloodhound, a Great Pyrenees, and a German short-haired pointer. Nice. So this dog is probably going to be a monstrosity. We might regret it, but for right now, she's super sweet. Her name is Nancy, and uh, man, we're, we love we love ha- having her at this point. So that's uh, that's part of that's part of my life update. Is there anything else? What are, what else what else happened to me? I don't know, man. You've been out of town. I know. I have I feel like I've been traveling a lot. People are sick. A lot of people are sick these yeah, days. A lot of people dead. So school's been canceled school's a couple canceled. days this week because yeah. of a of disproportionate control. amount of people who are sick. So stay healthy, hydrate, recovered, vitamin C, hallucinate. Oh, please. So that's my life. Uh, that's my life update. Nice. I'm pretty boring. I'm pretty boring. Hey, well, I'll say this. I this is probably a what for in some sense, but um, I've transitioned a little bit from podcasts to audiobooks. Oh, okay. So I've been I've been doing more audiobooks, which is I feel like I should be applauded for that. Good for you. Which audiobooks you listening to? A lot of Sherlock Holmes. So there oh, it is. Well, it's the, been good. The Hoon best. I will say this. I was bamboozled. No, that's probably bamboozled. 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 Surprised. Shocked. Antithesis. Antithesis. Um, I listened. So I'm listening nobody, to nobody the. Nobody knows what that. No, 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 no. They don't need to. That was the okay. first hour. Uh, I, I was listening to the very first uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes story, which is a tale. Tale of two lesson cities. In Scarlet. A, a, a tale in Scarlet, a lesson. The Scarlet, Scarlet Letter. Nope, 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 nope. A search in Scarlet. Anyway, it's something about Scarlet. Moby Dick. No. Um, and there's two parts. It. I. I want to encourage you to read it because it blew me away. The first part is this this murder mystery story. Um, but it ends super abruptly. Like Sherlock's like. You're surprised by that? No, it listen, is listen, Sherlock. He uh, ends it abruptly. He's like, I found it. It was. I'm not going to give it away. It was this guy. And then it wraps up and like there's no end of the story. It's like I found it and I knew who it was. And it was like, and that's this story. Like Watson ends it. Part two, it opens up and like you are in the desert of Utah back in like, I don't know, like it's gotta be like early eighteen hundreds. And this whole story that happens like way back in Utah, and you're like and it's about like the Mormons, like in like this people uh, this 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 grand basically this grandfather and his granddaughter get uh, attacked not attacked but like swarmed by Mormons and picked up by Mormons and he becomes a big head figure in the, oh and I'm goodness. like what 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 is this like what happened in this book and then at the very end he connects it and you're like mind is blown I'm like what why do we not have books like this good stories huh it's fantastic I was like I was in the car I was like yes get in there I was like this is fantastic get in there get in there let's go <laughs> so what's the name of this again uh, this is Sherlock a, oh a tale in Scarlet Holmes. a lesson in Scarlet I've, I'm I'm somebody someone Google it anyway but it's it's the Sherlock Holmes it's his very first Sherlock Holmes story okay I'll start to look it up Arthur I'm, Cannon I'm looking Doyle. for I'm looking for something lighthearted but good to read while I'm on sabbatical. It do it. It's fantastic. I want it's really something, great. something that's not dragons. Has anything to do with anything. It's oh. really great. <laughs> I just like You should read the Thrawn series for no, Star Wars. No, I'm Thrawn. not doing that. I'm not doing that. That is good actually. You should listen oh, to those. Those man. are good. Those are it's a trilogy. And Thrawn. Thrawn and it's at, Isn't it's, that about like light cycles and like a video game and Tron? Oh, that's it. That's oh, Tron. <laughs> 
This is Thrawn. It's a Star Wars. LeBron. It's Thor on a light cycle. Yes, exactly. Thrawn. <laughs> Thrawn. <laughs> Those are good. That's a good trilogy. It's with. Oh it's wow. After Luke um, kills Emperor Palpatine. Oh my goodness. Oh. And his dad dies. Darth Which, Vader. It's after Darth Vader. Okay. Oh my okay. goodness. All right. Well, that's my life update. Um, All right. What are we talking topic. about then? So here, topic. We're gonna we're gonna kind of set up next week by this topic Pre- here today preceding um, weeks but it's it's not really as connected as you might think but they're not as unconnected as you might think it's about like our tagline there you go <laughs> and here here's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about saturating your heart in the gospel yeah okay um we're going to talk about that but this is going to lead into a series of episodes about biblical manhood a little caveat, obviously, we know that there are women who listen to our podcast, so we're not trying to, like, you know, make you outcasts or, like, so whatever. We could, we could say biblical personhood. Well, and here's, here's the tension, and we'll talk about it more. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to say to which the, like, applies to all Christians, okay? Um, and kind of the mandate that God has given us as image bearers. But there is a specific picture that Scripture gives about the man, and it is helpful for us to distinguish and to clarify what God says the man picture is all about, even though the man is called to do motherly things, right? and the, like the, the, the wife, the, the female, is called to do man things sometimes. Like, so there's, there's that caveat of like, okay, personhood is a general category, but we really do want to try to focus in on what biblical manhood is all about. And I actually think for any woman out there, married, unmarried, single, whatever, I think the conversation will still be very helpful for you yeah. um, and maybe clarifying for you about your spouse or your loved ones or your dads or your brothers, whatever it is. Um, but also, like, it's, gonna, it's not going gonna, it's not gonna to hurt you. It's not going to be not about you either. Uh, so I really want to implore you to listen. So today, saturating your heart in the gospel, I want to talk about two things, like what we mean and why we think it's necessary. And then secondly, how we do that. Like what, what do we, in the ins and outs of our hearts, of our days, how, how do we do that? So let's talk about like what it is and why it's necessary. Uh, and Quentin, I know you had a lot of kind of thoughts about this as we were talking in the first hour before the recording. Do you want to offer up any thoughts? No, yeah, I was just, um, my thoughts were mostly centered around the topic of how gospel saturation specifically looks like or is applied to uh to to the man to the man but um generally speaking i think it's important that we kind of first talk about or differentiate even in our discussions about how the world kind of puts uh boxes around the expectations of certain types of um what the who's supposed to be what what they're supposed to look like and 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 with when they do that they they really aren't they aren't using any type of gospel distinction, law, gospel distinction, or any type of lenses through which they are viewing it. They're just merely defining things based off of what they think or what they might want to have out of a man or a woman or whatever that looks like. And so gospel saturation, I think, is extremely important to understand that it, it's a different box entirely. Yeah. It's a different conversation, and, and, it, and it applies to all aspects of your life. We've talked about, you know, depression and anxiety and 
um, motherhood and fatherhood and, and, and shepherds. We've talked about shepherds in the past. We've talked about what it means to be a good follower in the past. And our goal is to get ourselves out of the box of what the cosmos says, the world says those people should act like and be like and use the defining box of the only box that matters, which is what scripture says. Specifically the gospel. The gospel. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think um, from, my st- from my standpoint, it's, it's what I've said for years, and I don't know that I've always clearly made the, the, the distinction of bringing the gospel into it, but it's just thinking what is true. Um, and that comes from God. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think because of the nature of sin being deceit, it, that sin lies all the time. It lies. It's one, one lie after the next, and then it compounds itself because it starts lying about the lies, and then you're really starting to get fuzzy. Um, but when we begin to understand what is true, <clears throat> you'll, you, you should come to, pretty soon down that path, you should come to the reality of God is God. God set the standard. God set the pace. We would say that's the law, yeah. that God has made things clear as to how they should be we said no to it and so what we've said is the law isn't really the law i'm the law i get to say how things really are and so we need redeeming from that we need what is true and what is true is we're not god we are sinners we do not have an end uh an, an end of knowledge like god god is eternally knowledge and infinitely knowledgeable and we don't we don't have that and so god is god and so learning how to then take that and see how many times a day we regurgitate lies and not not truth and and then start going like oh but the gospel who jesus is and what jesus has done applies to this very thing in my own heart in my own understanding of of people in this relationship, in this circumstance, because obviously there's two things that always God uses to, to bring out the truth. He uses circumstance and people. Those things are, are everyday, common, ordinary things that God uses to remind us we are not God. We don't have our act together, and he is our final answer, and that's, of course, the answer is found in the gospel. Yeah. So I think that, that is you know, the, the beginning spot that you have to go to. And I, I think you just go back to Genesis, you begin to understand a great deal of where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm, I'm a, I'm, of course I'm a pastor. And so my lens is kind of helping, well, my lens is kind of a concern to be very honest with you. Um, and I'm preaching through Galatians. So this is a hot topic for me where Paul was very clear on what is the gospel, what isn't the gospel, right? Um, and and making that dividing line very, very painfully, and maybe even aggressively clear. Um, but I share the same concern, and I I told our people, um, not too long ago. I I feel like when it comes to clarifying the gospel for people, uh, and I'll add to that, saturating, trying to saturate their heart in the realities of the gospel, which Paul is trying to do. You are you are a son. You are not a slave. Right. You are a son. He's trying to convince them of things that are already true. Like almost, you know, give them give them a re knowledge of things they already know. And so that's what I'm trying to do for our people. But I feel like I could preach 
the same sermon every week, and the people who are listening uh, to this particular clarity on the gospel are kind of would come back or, or kind of are coming back and saying, tell me that one more time. Like, I, I know what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I need to hear it like one more time because it just, it hasn't quite settled in my heart. And not that it ever will, but I think there's a, a freshness to the, a clear gospel understanding that for our people at this point um, is really helpful and enlivening and enriching. And then my own pastoral concern is that that wouldn't stop. Right. I, I, don't, right. I don't want them to move on. I think there's a lot, and this is why, so we talked about kind of like gospel saturation, what, what it is, kind of just soaking in it, go, mulling it over, meditating on it, going deeper into the realities, not moving away from it, trying to understand it more to the point where it like settles in the heart and soul and brings fruit and peace and, and, and love. But so that's what it is. But why it's necessary is because I, I tend I tend to think we we just there's a there's a sect of Christianity that I think is so orientated towards the law that it's like, yes, Jesus is to help you get in. And we're thankful for Jesus and all that he's done. But once he has saved you, regenerated you, then it's up to you to do all these things to keep yourself in or to grow or to feel a sense of like progress or sanctification um, to the exclusion where we don't need Jesus anymore. And there's even this presentation of like, there are people out there in our churches that have become so good at the Christian life that like they, they kind of in a functional way don't really need Jesus anymore. They have their good behavior. They have their Christian habits. um, They, they have their moralness and they're, really good. And, you know, and we would kind of say like, maybe it's like a practice of like dead orthodoxy. They're, they're Christian people. Mm -hmm. They're moral, ethical, according to the scriptures people, but their hearts are just kind of like dead to the amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. They've lost, they've lost that awe of, of God. And I think, I think honestly, in my experience where I've seen that happen often the most, are in churches where they're actually getting taught really well certain things. Yeah. And they would say, you know, they're, they're creedal. They, yeah. they repeat the creeds over and over. We've and got our theology. We've got our so theology. So we're right there. Check. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that becomes, that becomes their, their, their platform. Um, if I have my theology, don't, don't look into my heart. And so festering underneath all of that is a very strong, meistic way of living look what i do i do this i do that um and i think i think the damage of that shows up over time because coldness does set in and they forget that that god is the sustenance of life god is the very very core of what life is which is why we say all of life is all about god and i think having a gospel saturation means that um we we talked about this earlier but like it means Waking up in the morning and realizing the fact that I am breathing today, God's grace is upon me, and God's new mercies have been put on me today in that I can get up and get out of bed. Now, I may not want to get up and get out of bed. Maybe I'm very tired, or maybe I'm even despondent or in despair of some sort, but I'm alive. And so what it is, it means I stop 
the feelings. I, I mean, I can't, you can't stop feelings, but you, you, you can stop giving yourself to those feelings. Yeah. And I start telling myself what is true today. What, I, what is true today is I am not only uh, uh, adopted, I'm adopted as an, an adult son. I have everything that Christ has. I, it's given to me. I don't have to let this circumstance dictate life to me. I can be kind in the middle of people's yeah. unkindness. So those are, that's what it means to start actually living and, and believing into this uh, and, and, and believing the gospel and, and living it into a, a world that doesn't want you to think that way. I mean, it seems like the world today wants you to think that what's evil or um, wants you to, to, to live in a make-believe la-la land yeah. that just doesn't demonstrate the truth of what's in Christ. And so we have to stop ourselves from the lies, the yeah. deceits, uh, and thinking that we know better in that scenario. It, and maybe another way of saying the same thing, but just maybe, maybe it helps with some, of, some people to, the way that they think, is that we, we struggle with, as humans, wanting or doing things uh, and expecting some sort of return from right. that. Right. And whether it's, you know, um, Jesus will love me more, my spouse will love me more. My kids will love me more. Or uh, I'm going to do this thing to avoid this certain pain. You've, you maybe have heard conversations around this pain versus pleasure dynamic that people deal with. You either do things to, um, to move you closer to the pleasure or you do, do things to, re, to move you away from pain. And that, that kind of logic, that kind of reality exists in, in, whether you call it that or not. So this idea that, you know, I'm going to do certain things or not, I'm going to get out of bed so that Jesus loves me more, or I'm going to get out of bed so that my boss doesn't fire me. Right. So those are good things, right? Those aren't, those aren't bad things necessarily. And yet just merely for the sake of doing those things, it doesn't take you into, that's not gospel saturated type thinking. Yeah. Yeah. What that does is it's it's a it's that's still a very me centric type yeah. type thinking because I'm the subject of that sentence and I'm and the verbs apply to me. So rather a gospel centered or gospel saturated type life would be centered around exactly what you were saying, yeah. Dad, which is I'm getting out of bed because of I, what I know to be true of what Jesus says I am or who yeah. I am yeah, yeah, yeah. and the results of that thing. So there's a real sense to which that if you don't get out of bed, that's still true. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, no, it is. It's still true that you are a, an adopted, adult adopted uh, son of God and, yep. and child of God. And those, those, those benefits are still yours regardless if you get out of bed or not. And so I think what, we, what a gospel-saturated type life looks like is it takes it takes the focus off of the action or off of the law and onto the who uh, of uh, as to why we can obey the law as to why the law has no control over you. What we talk about in Galatians for Christ for freedom. Christ has set you free for the sake of freedom for freedom. I Christ has set you free in Galatians five. And so that type of gospel saturation is, is, is so key and so paramount to understanding the law gospel distinction in scripture that I don't think we 
we talk about it enough. And I know like the three of us, we've been going through this theological kind of revolution over the last many years. Right. And, and it's, it's come out of this, this battle of what we just talked about, this real battle of I'm doing things because I need people to like me more or because I don't want people to not like me. So that pain versus pleasure, right. Type of mentality. And in a lot of times, and, and we look at those things and those things are good. They're not, we wouldn't say those things are bad. We, you want people to like you and, and you don't want people to not like you. So yeah. like those are good things, but merely the, the doing of those things doesn't offer any hope. Yeah. And it doesn't take it. It takes it like goes, it takes it only into the box of the world around you and not into the box of the gospel, which is the only box that matters. And so gospel saturation and, and, the, the topic that we're going to be covering in detail, specifically gospel saturation as biblical man and what that means and what that looks like, uh, it is really going to, I think, take the conversation to a, a level that needs to be had and it needs to be had on a consistent basis. And we're not making anything things any more clearer than what Scripture has already made clear. What we're doing is we're focusing on that clarity yeah. and we're, we're magnifying it. And we want it to be the central, the central piece to, to the conversation. Now, we can do those things, and we should be doing those things. We should be obeying the law. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even though we mess up, we will mess up because we're not perfect, as you yep. said. We don't do it in, in perfection. We don't do it in, in fullness of, its, of the holiness that, that Jesus has commanded us to do, that God has commanded us to do. We look at those as opportunities to refocus our hearts and minds on the core gospel saturation. And, and we can do those things. We can do those things even better for the sake of those around us because the second greatest commandment, and even as Martin Luther has said, our, our law, the obedience of our law is not for Jesus. It's for others around us. Yeah. And so we can, we can work at being better at being clearer pictures of gospel saturation. And that process is very, very important. And yet we have to keep in mind, we always have to remember, we always have to go back to the clarity that why we're doing it is not so that those people even, it's a weird thing. We want people to know the gospel clearer, but we're also not doing the things that we're doing so that the people have the clear understanding of the gospel. Yeah. Like that's not the end goal. That's not the mode. I think, I think in that it's it's and we've we've already kind of talked about this, but I <clears throat> we we live in our culture in such a voracious entitlement um, to life that we are people who just cannot suffer. We we can't we can't have pain. We can't be uncomfortable, and we can't stub our toes, as it were. Um, and we we actually can't be a sinner. Um, and, and so we're going to work really, really hard to protect ourselves from pain, to protect ourselves from, um, stubbing our toe to, to making it so that our kids are not seen as the sinners that they really are. So we're going to make excuses for them. And then we can go on and on and on because we're entitled to peace. We're entitled to, um, not always feeling good. Like we we're entitled to that. We, and so consequently, we don't deal with the truth of the fallen world that we live in, the truth of we are sinners. We are sinners. We're going to be sinners 
at the same time, we're going to be saints, but we're going to be sinners from now until we get to heaven. That's, we're, going to rule, we're, going to, we're going to fight this battle of sin, and it's very real. And so understanding how God has saved us, and it's, and it's, a, it's we are be being saved. It's an, it's an eternally present condition of salvation that, that, that we begin to understand, oh, wait, when I stub my toe or when I am not feeling well, I, I, I can actually live out the righteousness of Christ because that's what Jesus did. Although he prayed in the garden, let this, not, not this thing happen to me, but nevertheless, your will, not my will. <clears throat> so we can, and, and the gospel calls us to death. It calls us to the death of entitlement. Um, and I think that there's a certain arrogance and pride and selfishness. The and idolatry. The, the, and the bundle. And idolatry. The sin bundle. So we talked about this because I think that's, it's, it, it's pride is, is, is not the, the, the main thing, but pride goes into idolatry and then idolatry goes into selfishness. Selfishness is the, is the root of all sin. It's the root of all sin. Which and, looks like pride. No. Not if you bundle it. Love, the love of money is <laughs> right. the root of all sin. Wait. What? So all I'm saying is that this is what we're trying to address, um, that our basic core nature, um, you know, prior to given new birth, yeah. is life's about me. Yeah. And then we're, the, the key of, of the gospel unlocks it, frees us. We're free now to live out that. The problem then becomes what? We, we still stub our toe. And, and so the righteousness of Christ then is the thing that grants us. So we believe those. We trust those. Those are the promises of God, yeah. the eternal promises of God. So, yeah, thanks. I think we should wrap it up. Uh, thanks for um, kind of letting us rant on, on this, and I, I hope it was helpful. We'll hopefully kind of as we talk about biblical manhood going forward, I think you'll kind of connect the dots as where we're, where we're coming from and, and really where we want to go in the, in the topic. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you on the break. We'll, we'll see you on the foot. Back welcome. from the breakage. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Do you have popcorn on your desk? Um, no, those are uh, Ricolas. Are they Ricolas? <laughs> oh my word! It looks like popcorn from back here. Back when uh, we were all dead. Oh, um, good night. I was yeah. I was popping those so that my throat would feel a little bit better, and yeah. I wasn't hacking up everything. So, oh, Dad, you got the what for? Yeah, I do. I do. Well, first of all, here here we are in in Ohio in February, oh, and it's sixty two degrees outside. Oh, so great! <laughs> it's like what is going on? I have you to know, get my bikes out, right? I know. Go for I a know. bike ride or something. I know. We're just like I should should have kind of gone for an outside run today, but I don't know that I will. Anyway, hey, so I just wanted like I'm imbibing in um something that uh, we kind of I don't know we kind of just uh, stumbled on. At Costco, so good. So it's called dots pretzels, 
And first of all, they're they're kind of like these homemade pretzels, but they're they're just creamed something with, creamed with cinnamon and sugar. Well, they've also have like a regular pretzel that like salted pretzel that has like a we don't buy those. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. we're like we don't <laughs> buy it. we buy don't get the those. cinnamon sugar ones. Just get the cinnamon sugar ones. No, those are good. Those no, are very they're good. really good, and they're they're not much calories. No, and they're a great little snack, and kind of will fill you up if, if you're you, really hungry. If you like salt, that's a good sweet one. Right. Yeah. If you like the salty ones, just get the regular salty ones because those have like a um, like almost like they're toasted or like um smoked like a smoky flavor to them. Like, like a little bit of a, a little bit of a k- tiny tiniest of a kicks to oh them. They're not spicy, but wow. um, wow. No, those are good too. They're addicting. So the other the other thing I wanted to mention was um we mom and I went to this um, little store who was we there's a there's a restaurant here in Columbus that's called Olive and time oh i don't think no. i've ever yeah yeah um and not olive garden no 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 all okay. the time and it's it's all middle eastern food like it's can you go there all of the time all the time olive all of the time. Time. All the time so we walk out of there and across the way there's this little 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 tiny hole in the wall store called uh buckeye lady and you go in and they have like 28 different kinds of buckeyes Buckeye candies. So the, all of them have the base peanut butter with chocolate. Okay. Oh, okay. But then they, they've been like, they, they'll, they'll go in and, and stuff them with like red velvet cake. Oh, my word. And cream. Well, the one we got was um, uh, sea salt caramel. Oh. So if you think of chocolate, peanut butter, and sea salt caramel, salted caramel with a pretzel underneath. Wait, it. so like how big are these things? They're they're just normal size Buckeyes, but they're really? a little bit they're a little bit larger in order to stuff them. Yeah, I was gonna say them. they have to be. So I mean, like we, I couldn't I couldn't hardly pick, but I'm said I'm just gonna go with that. And she goes like, well, that's our number one. It's seller. twelve dollars. No, it was actually two for five. Oh, okay, <laughs> two for five. But boy, what a taste! Okay, so they're called. It's called Buckeye Lady. Buckeye Lady, yeah. And they they kind of go to these different little. Was this in Westerville? Uh, no, it's in it's in Worthington actually. Oh, it's Worthington, where okay. Olive and Time is, down the street from the church where it used to be Panera. There. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. That's, okay. that's where the Olive and Time. Of course, the Olive and Time is outstanding food. Is it Greek food? Uh, Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. So you said that. so. You said that. Um, so like we get a, um, shawarma, chicken shawarma wrapped sandwich. Shawarma. Shawarma. Are you sure that's how you say <laughs> no, it? No, I know. Shawarma? Shawarma. Shawarma. Yeah. I think. So I anyway, know. anyway, phenomenal. And then their French fries are to die for. They're very, very good. Listen, it's, so, um, noon here and I'm starving. So yeah, that so sounds I, really good. I am too. But, but those Buckeye ladies and then the pretzels, I mean like good night. So. Yeah, and I'm on a diet, so I'm good trying. luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I'm trying to. Well, I have anyway. the uh, just a quick devotional here for you guys. Um, so part of just uh, preparing for worship, and also part of, um, you know, we're going through Galatians as a church, and it's been so good. It's been so healthy for us, and um, so while prepping for worship and and. Uh, organizing the worship service for this week the the passage of scripture that really just kind of hooked on to me this week is a really fam- the, probably the most familiar passage of scripture in all of scripture um and that is of course Psalm 23 where it talks about the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want 
And how does that connect with Galatians? Well, the in Galatians, and especially Galatians 5, which is where we're at, and we talked this idea of uh of freedom and how Christ is uh is sovereignly working out his plan through his completed work on the cross and how the what that means for the church and what that means for the Christian and what that means for for you who are listening and how Christ is shepherding his people how he is specifically shepherding his people through the means of salvation and eternal life and um how we become adopted adult adopted sons and daughters of the king and so as i was meditating and uh preparing for this week really this just this passage and um uh it reminded me of this passage in psalms uh the psalm of david so i'll just read the whole psalm it's really short you guys know it you guys can probably Some of you could probably quote it from memory. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesakes. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The reason why this stood out to me, and this is what I've been meditating on, is because the Lord is doing all of these things. I am a sheep, and the shepherd is the one who is leading me. The shepherd is the one who is feeding. The shepherd is the one who is restoring. The shepherd is the one who is protecting me and guiding me. And there's nothing that my hands can do. There's nothing that I can do just in this life, but there's also nothing I can do to save my soul. I need Jesus to do all of these things and more for me. And if Jesus were not to do these things, if Jesus were not the shepherd, if Jesus were not the one who is doing all things, giving and giving me life through his blood, absorbing the full wrath of God, then I would have no hope and you would have no hope. So my encouragement to you is take comfort in the realities of the truth that Jesus is for you and your sins are forgiven and he is guiding you. He is shepherding you. He is providing for you. He is in your presence even now and he loves you. Not merely just the fact that he likes you, but he loves you and mm. intimately wants to know you. Yeah. So take comfort, take joy, remind yourself that you are hopeless and um, Jesus is your hope. So, Amen. No, that's great. And what, you know, in areas that are hopeless, we, we need to just run and and this is where i think what we what we were talking about earlier just submerging ourselves in the gospel yeah. go go to what is true yeah. that's that's where hopelessness comes from by by believing in something that's just not true right and it leads you to hopelessness exactly. that's where it goes so all right guys well right. thanks so much we will catch you on the next one yeah. later bye